Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. The Matrix, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, the saga anyways. And if you're ready to take that red pill, kind of open your eyes into something a little bit different, then this episode's for you. Let's get ready to rock this one. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. So question for you. Are we living in a simulation? Some might say we are. They may say we're stuck in the rat race, or maybe we're plugged into the matrix. There are many of entrepreneurs who struggle to find the pathway to success. They struggle to get clarity in who they are and what they're doing in business and even what products they're going to sell. Today's guest is here to help us get that clarity. So if you're ready to make big things happen, then this episode's for you. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Jerome Myers. <laughs> And so the party has started. Jerome, welcome to the program, man. So good to be with you. Thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, man, let's do this thing. All right, The Matrix. First of all, uh, I was reading your bio, and I saw the whole red pill. I saw this whole exit from the rat race thing. And it's funny because uh, literally you have a live studio audience, and today in class we're literally playing cash flow. The objective is to exit the rat race and trying to figure this stuff awesome. out for life. Um, I've noticed in my own personal experience that clarity sounds like it's something great and awesome very difficult to get to very difficult to figure out what it is we want in life so i'm gonna start off with today's interview with um you know what is the how did you get the clarity for your message and how did you get to this point in your life where you're you're helping people find that clarity how did i get the clarity for my message trial and error i think all of us <laughs> start out by uh somebody telling us what we should do and what they think is best for us and try to help us identify our talents and kind of navigate us to that place that we say we might want to go. But in the grand scheme of things, most people don't actually do what they think they want to do or the things that they like. They go do what somebody else told them to do, because in my case, they told me it was going to pay well. And so what we actually do is peel back the layers and help people figure out well, what do you actually want to spend your time doing, right? We, we've got three things that create our prosperity, time, talent, and treasures. What most people don't use is their talent. They just go do the thing that they can get compensated for. So if you can find a way to use your talent and your own mission, if you're in alignment with the mission that you're supposed to be here for, you will always make more than if you just go do the thing that pays you well right off the bat. All right, well, let me. I'm gonna. I'm play a little bit of devil's advocate there because um, there are a lot of people who want, who have a passion, right? They love something, they love to do it all the time, but that passion isn't necessarily gonna make them, you know, a million dollars a year. It's not necessarily gonna open the doors to live a lifestyle that example. they want. Give me a specific example. Right? <clears throat> okay. Okay. So, um, I don't. I don't even have a specific example off the top of my head, but, um, but I know that. Given an, a specific amount of time, uh, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a good one. Here we go. So 
I went to the Chris Rock and uh, Dave Chappelle uh, comedy comedy event this weekend, right? And one of the things that that Chris Rock was talking about is there's three ways to get attention in this world. One way is to be infamous, right? And that's just to go do something bad that you're going to get known for. The other way is to be excellent. And the problem with being excellent is it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to become excellent. And the last way is to be a victim, right? And that's that's where he kind of goes into a whole different thing. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else. But the excellence part, that is the part where I think we have problem with clarity. I love what I'm, what I do. Maybe I'm, I love swimming. I'm never going to be a professional swimmer. Maybe I love, you know, playing baseball, but I'm probably not going to be that professional athlete. But given enough time, I could gain an excellence in a level and then make a, a lifestyle for myself. But I think defining success at this point is something that we kind of have to do to obtain that clarity, knowing that success might not look like a million dollars a year. But I love every day when I wake up in the morning, right? I, every day I get to do what I want to do. Every day I'm driven with passion and I love what I'm doing. How do you kind of compare the two there? The success that is determined by what you know, maybe what other people make and actually living that life of passion. Yeah, I don't think the two are separated. I think that's programming. And I think it's bad programming that we get told, hey, well, you can't have money and live out your passion. Actually, in our model, we've got six layers. And level five is prosperity, what you're talking about, making the million dollars or whatever the number is. Most people who get to that level think they've arrived, think they got it. But what they find out, they find out the hard way more often than not, is that the freedom that comes with prosperity isn't what they were chasing. They were chasing fulfillment. And so in the end, they go back and try to find out how they're going to be significant, which is level six in our model. Right? And when you get to level six, you're making other people's lives better because you have overflow, you have abundance, you have the ability to give because you went and put your mask on first by creating prosperity. But I don't believe that the two are separate. I think that people, if you find the right delivery model, can make a pile of money while living out whatever their passion is, which is why I asked you for that specific example. You might not make a fortune in public school as a teacher, but you could do something else and teach in another way and 10x, 20x the money that you would make in public school doing the same thing. And so sometimes it requires you to create a new model, infrastructure, delivery framework in order for you to earn the revenue that you want to earn. But I don't ever think that they're mutually exclusive. I I don't think there is a thing that you could come up with where people make money, where there isn't somebody who has an extraordinary success. And we can run through the models and see if we can figure it all out. Joe says, of course, we're living in a simulation, man. All right. Let me ask you that. You got six levels here, right? So I'm going to ask you a two-parter. One is explain to me what your version of us living in a simulation and what is what is the red pill scenario? And then what are those six phases? Like what are those six levels that you're talking about so we can kind of break those down? Yeah. So the simulation is you pick whatever institutions you go through. They're all programming you. You watching TV is programming you. The algorithm and LinkedIn is programming you. It shows you more of what you think you want to see until you change it or you say, I'm not interested in that. And you can adjust the environment that you're in if you're willing to say, I'm going to be intentional about the things that come to me versus just accepting or receiving what is presented to me. And I, I think that's the red pill moment. It's when you, you decide, I have a choice. I don't have to just accept things as they're presented, but I can question everything. 
and that's everything from religion to the way that the books are written in schools to what you're presented on the news to you pick the thing everything is questionable and then once you find what you believe to truly be your truth then live on that program not the program that was presented to you because more often than not that program is presented to you so that you can be controlled or manipulated and i think that is kind of the miseducation that we experience here in america now the, the red pill framework six levels we talk about it in the four components and so first we want to reduce stress then we want to improve health after we improve health we want to create prosperity and then the final step is uh, creating a lasting legacy now <clears throat> the reduction of stress is comprised of three components your self-image the relationships that you're in and your work all of the stress in your life comes from those three things from there, once we turn down the stress, we can improve the health. Because what happens is we do self-destructive habits in order to numb the stress that's in our life. Those self-destructive habits negatively impact our health. So we want to turn down the stress so you don't need the negative habits. Then we can do positive things that are going to improve our health. Exercise, diet, meditation, work on our metabolism, the nutrition, all of those things. From there, we'll go up to prosperity. I think everybody knows somebody who's been prosperous but doesn't have good health. We don't want people to go backwards. So we focus on health before we get to the prosperity. And the other piece of that is if you're not in peak performance condition, it's going to be really difficult for you to maximize the prosperity piece of your life. Now, most people start stop there. And we talked about this place where you find freedom in your prosperity, but then people start asking a couple of questions. What was it all for? And is this really it? Because usually you worked really hard to get to that place, but there was no pot at the end of the rainbow. And so now we want to go to the next level, which is significance. And that's level six. That's the pinnacle. The goal here is to transcend. This is where you become immortal because you create something that leaves you, goes into the life of somebody else. And if done well, that will continue to be passed on to other people in this ripple effect that you can't even begin to see the ends of because you were bold enough to go out and serve other folks. Let's talk about the stress reduction. The very first one you said image relationship and work, right? <clears throat> I think yeah. image is one of the first ones that, especially in today's generation, we have a real problem with. Uh, I'll give you an example. My daughter always takes a picture and she's always covering her mouth when she takes a picture. Right. Oh, and I always pick on her and I'm like, why are you doing that? Well, her little generation, especially in the last two, three years have been wearing a mask relentlessly like that's all they do is you know from elementary school to junior high for her is wearing a mask and i feel like there's a, a an issue of self-confidence there where when they take a picture they're covering themselves there's an issue of self-confidence with uh filters that we use on social media there's an issue with self-confidence when all we're taking is the good pictures and we're not talking about that negative stuff that image of trying to portray us ourselves as you know, Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way, becomes super stressful for a lot of people. It, it, it really hurts relationships. It hurts how you show up at work. It hurts how you're doing a lot of things. What's a good way to kind of flip that so that we have a, a different image of ourselves, a different identity that we can have to push us to that next level so we can start dealing with, you know, and focusing on the health things, things that we can actually take control over versus kind of a mental picture of what we want? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's one that most of us struggle with 
the place that I go to immediately is making promises to yourself. So your self-image will improve instantly once you start making and keeping promises to yourself. It raises the level of accountability. And when you have those wins, because you said you're going to do something and then you did it, you feel better about yourself. You believe in yourself. And it doesn't matter what other people think because you have anecdotal evidence that what you believe is your truth is your truth. Now, the contrary happens as well. For the people who don't actually do the things they say they're going to do, when they don't get the result, they get reminded that, hey, I'm not who I say I am. I don't do what I say I'm going to do. And I don't have what we, I don't have the belief necessary to go to the next level. And so it, there's this really funky equation with a bunch of letters, but it's programming leads to belief, belief leads to thought, thought leads to action, and action gets your results. Programming leads to belief, belief leads to thoughts, thoughts leads to action, action leads to results. And so if we can get the programming right, which we talked about earlier, that leads to our beliefs. Our beliefs will then inform our thoughts. So a thing happens, we apply our beliefs through that filter and that creates our thoughts. Now, the thoughts are the things that lead to action. If you don't believe you can do it, if you don't think you can do it, you won't go do it. And vice versa. If you believe that you can do it, you're going to try. If you think you can do it, you're going to try. And the more of the trying we can get, then we can find the success. We can find the results that we're looking for. Faith is a powerful thing. I, I love how you you brought the belief aspect of it because faith, whether it's through religion or or you believe in whatever, whatever it is you want to do, that's where it initially begins. Every idea is powerful because it starts off as an idea as, as in whether you believe you can do something. Uh, let's move over to improving health because to me that's one of the big things, one of the big epidemics that we have in in this country is our health. We're too dependent on all kinds of bad stuff that we're eating. We're not moving enough. We're not doing the things that we need to be doing. And it's really affecting more than just, um, you know, physically. I think that also goes into our own head. We don't have enough energy. We feel like there's not enough time in the day when really, if we start taking care of ourselves individually as a, as a human being, you'll find you'll have more energy. You have more time in your day, even though it takes, you know, a good 45 minutes, an hour out of your day to keep yourself a little bit healthy. Some of these habits that we put into place make a big difference in the world. When you talk about improving health, what areas of health are you, are you specifically talking about? Yeah, we're touching on everything, man. You know, we've got this acronym and it's kind of long, but it's a silver bullet for health, right? And so the the top level is metabolism, right? We want to get the metabolism right because that will allow you to process the things that you put into your body. Now, on the flip side of that, nutrition has to happen as well because it's going to lead into the metabolism. Sleep, spirituality, there's a number of different pieces, right? There is a word for each letter in bullet and no, they don't all start with the letters that are in bullet. We had to move them around and shift them around to get it to work. But the whole point is we want people to work on metabolism, nutrition, sleep, spirituality, movement or exercise and hydration. If you do those things, you're going to end up in that peak performance condition every single time. And I know we're in hustle culture. I know a lot of people don't believe that you need to get sleep. But sleep is where you rebuild, it's where you refresh your mind, and it's where a lot of the calorie burn happens if you got the right metabolism and nutrition stuff going on. 
Hey, man, I like the hustle culture. I'm all about it. But I also believe that, um, like, I wake up at 420 every morning, right? But I love sleep. People think it's the opposite. You wake up that early, you don't like sleep. No, no, no. I love sleep probably more than you do because I actually plan when I go to sleep at night. Like, there's a point when I'm going to hit the sack and I have to go to bed. Like, dude, 830, I better be almost ready to be in my bed because I got to get up the next morning. I need my seven to eight hours of sleep. I prioritize that. I make it that important because it's part of my identity so I can wake up and do what I need to do that next day. Dude, sleep makes a big difference to me and almost anything, almost anything we do. Let's move on to prosperity. All right. So we talked a little bit about it. I want to kind of hone in on this different levels of success. So I teach a class called financial algebra. Um, A lot of my students struggled with school throughout their high school years. And so, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year now. They're looking at, you know, June's right around the corner. We're going to be graduating and they don't all know exactly what they're going to do after high school. And I'm, I'm trying to tell them, you know, that's okay. I didn't know. Hardly anybody knows. I speak to peers that are my age right now, 40 plus, they still don't know what they're doing with their life. Right. But, um, in order for them to achieve prosperity how does one kind of define that for themselves especially when they're early on they don't really have a clue as to where they're going to go yeah so we created a a three circle venn diagram right it's got time talent and treasures as the three major circles and so if you have time and treasure but you don't have talent you end up unfulfilled if you have time and talent but you don't have treasure you feel unpaid underpaid If you have talent and treasure, but no time, you feel unrested. So the goal here is to get in the middle of all three of those where you're using your time, talent, and treasures. That's what we believe is true prosperity. Nobody wants to have a lot of money and no time. There's no freedom in that. Nobody wants to have all the treasures and not be able to use their talent. They're going to be bored. They're going to be unfulfilled. And so the goal here is to have your time, talent, and treasures all overlap you be able to use that in a way that serves first your you and your family and then the broader community that has a problem that you're interested in serving on the next level, which would be significant. Well, let me ask you this because Abdul dropped this on the screen here. He says, since you're talking about these amazing life things, I want to know about work-life balance, uh, work uh, balance, work and life relationships. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, me personally, I don't believe there is a work-life balance. I think you're doing one or the other and you got to be okay with the time that you give to each. But what's your perspective on that? Do you have a work-life balance? We don't believe in balance. So for the young man who asked a question, I want you to stand up since we're here, right? Stand up, balance your weight on both feet, balance your weight. Now take a step without unbalancing. You can't. You can't. I want you to think about a scale. A scale that's in balance has what on it? What does it read? Zero. Every single time. That's not what anybody's looking for, I don't think. So people are looking to be centered. They're looking to move through. And so what I believe we're looking for is to be able to show up as we are, wherever we are. So no need for a mask. And then I think we're looking to be present in the space that we're in. Now, if you don't allocate the resource, if you don't allocate time to the thing, then you will have an issue with whether or not you're working or if you're doing whatever life is. But I think the people who are most passionate about what they do, they're doing what they do. And it's just activities that get paid for and activities that they don't. 
And I think once we separate the fact that, oh, work is this thing that I have to do that I don't really enjoy doing. And it's just an activity that people will trade you dollars for you doing what you do related to that activity. Things get really simple. And I guess the other word to introduce here is boundaries. Once you set the boundaries, after you allocated the time to do the thing, then stay true to that, right? If you have a job and you need to be home for dinner at six o'clock, well, and it's a 30 minute drive, you better be leaving at 530, regardless of what's going on, right? If you set firm boundaries and hold to those boundaries, you don't have to have a balanced conversation because you're living an intentional life. Living life by design. So I love how, uh, by the way, the other bro hops on here says, excellent interview. Thanks, James. All right. Uh, you know, we're talking here about about the whole idea of prosperity, right? And making it happen for the lifestyle that you want to live. And I like mm-hmm. living life by design. I'm, I, I teach high school, but I'm teaching the class that I actually want to teach. I talk about the subjects that I actually want to teach in class. So we get to teach the kids. I mean, literally, they're playing cash flow, helping them how to balance their checkbooks. We've talked about independent living, how to buy a house. We've talked about automobile ownership. We're going to be talking about taxes next semester, like all the stuff that I normally would want to be doing. This is why for me, I always tell people teaching is the best part-time job in the world because I don't quite honestly see it as a job all the time. Um, and I'm doing what I what I would be doing. I'm opening doors for, for students that they maybe didn't even know these doors existed. Uh, and at the same time, I started this podcast. Now I'm able to bring it into the classroom so that entrepreneurs like you can share their perspective and maybe open doors to students that they, that I didn't know were available. Right. Like literally I've created this life where I get to do all the cool things that I want to do within those same boundaries that I'm already doing them in. And to me, it's leaving one of those lasting legacies. I always talk Um, about creating video content. I love creating uh, video stuff because at the end of the day, like I always talk about my my kids never knowing my grandparents, right? I mean, they passed away before they were alive. So all I could do is share with them my memories of them. But my grandkids or great grandkids, they could be watching this video right now. They'll know exactly what I sounded like, what my humor was like, you know, what I what what I like to talk about, what I like to say. They know all about that. That's my legacy that I'm leaving behind. What is your program talk about when you're talking about leaving a lasting legacy? Yeah. 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 So lasting legacy, we got four main components to that scalable community, unique talents, a problem to solve and self-sustaining resources, a scalable community, unique talents, a problem to solve and self-sustaining resources. If you have all those things, then you'll end up with the legacy. You'll end up significant. And then if not, if some of those things are missing, then you'll have some of the elements that come with people who are pursuing legacy or significance, but unable to capture it because they're trying to fix things. Maybe they don't have enough resources. Maybe the impact isn't at scale and they feel like, hey, this wasn't really worth the effort that it required for me to do it. Others just end up with this passion project that doesn't actually make a real impact for a large number of people. And then the other one is just an unfulfilling mission, right? When you don't have the use of a a real problem to solve or you don't have a scalable community, you end up in this place where it's it's unfulfilling because you don't see impact. You don't see a bunch of change. So where do you start? Do you start with the problem? Do you start with the community? Do you start like- You always start start with the problem. You always start with the problem. You always, 
the quicker you can figure out what problem you want to solve, the quicker your life gets very simple because it's either the things you're doing are either helping to end the problem or they're helping to perpetuate the problem. And then you can govern the lifestyle creation that you, or I guess I would say the allocation of the time of your life based on whether you want to perpetuate or end the problem. I think it sounds really simple or maybe it's overly simplified, but the quicker you can simplify complex concepts to very simple decision matrices, it makes it so easy for you to be successful. You know, one of the things I personally struggle with is like giving what my purpose is uh, a grand stage almost like sometimes uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be sitting down. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know what I'm doing today. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my with my goals overall, especially as you get towards the end of the year. You start thinking about the next year. What do I want to attain? What do I want to achieve? Um, and a lot of times I had I have this voice in my head that just says, pick something. Right. Like so many different things that I want to solve. And because there are so many different things that I want to work on, nothing ever really gets done. And I keep hearing that voice in my in my head just saying, pick one, pick one and go pick one and just go after it. I've seen so many successful entrepreneurs talk about that, too. They're like, how do you find success? Well, let's talk about let's list the 10 things you want to get done. Put them in order from one to 10, one being the most important and just work on that one. Right. Like everything else is a distraction. Uh, how do you get some of that clarity to pick the problem, right? James is right here. Damn, solve a problem. That's definitely simple. And yeah, possibly oversimplified, but simplicity is beautiful for its own reason. Well said. And just pick something. Pick a damn problem. How do you value your problems that you're uh, that you're coming across in life? And how do you just pick the one to go after? Yeah, so two things I think measure uh, when you're making a decision like this, it is the difficulty or the ease to solve the problem. And then the other piece is going to be so ease on this axis and then um, difficulty and then um, your joy for doing it on this axis. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I like doing this. So basically, if you love doing it, zero being I don't like it. 10 being I love doing it. And then on the ease axis, zero is really hard. 10, I really love doing it. And you have your list, right? You, you got the list of the 10 things you want to do. Put a D over one and an I on the other on the next column. So D is for difficulty. I should change that to it. So an E and an I. We're going to use all vowels here. All right. So you got the list. You got E. Easy to do it. If it's really hard to do it, you're going to put a zero beside it. If it's really easy to do it, put a 10. If somewhere in the middle, put a five and go through, down through the list. Five, ten, zero, five, ten, zero. Put all of them there. Then for the importance piece, I, we want to put the same thing, ten, five, zero, and go down the list and rank those two. And then we're going to plot them. And what you find is you'll find a couple of them that are ten, ten, right? Mm. And they're going to be up there in the upper right-hand quadrant because if you split the thing into four quadrants, the up and right, the farther up and the farther right you can get them, those are the things that are easy to do and they're really important to get done. And so you want to work your way from upper right to backwards. But as long as there's stuff that's above five on both axes, that's going to be in the upper right quadrant, only work on those. Mm. Only work on those first. 
the other stuff is going to be you might enjoy it might be important but it's going to be really hard to do it might be um really easy to do but it's not important those things are distractions we want to get those out of there right away we want to work on the things that are important and they're easy and then after you get through all of those those are the low-hanging fruit then you can come back and do some of the more difficult stuff that's how you're getting yourself in the flow state. You're like, dude, that one is easy. That one I love doing. I can knock that one out. I do it. I have a win. I chalk it up on the board, right? That's a dub. And then I can move on to the next task with a little bit of momentum rather than trying to take on that harder task. Uh, we literally finished talking about debt reduction plans and we were, we were talking about the same type mm -hmm. of thing, right? Laser focus on that debt rather than just shotgun approaching everything, focus on the one. And we always talk about focus on the, on the least debt possible so that you can have some of these wins and then keep going. Dude, Snowball bro, effect. Yeah, snowball effect. Exactly. You've shared so much information. I think people are ready to take the red pill. How do people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Yeah, man. Best place to go is JeromeMyers.co, and you can pick the rabbit hole you want to go down. We, it goes deep, depending on how bad you want it, but it, it can go super deep. Then we put a, a lot of content out on social, so uh, LinkedIn, Jerome Myers. Dude, I love that. Hey, uh, by the way, I got a question for you because, I mean, you went with the Matrix thing. We're literally living uh, post-pandemic where every single conspiracy theory either turns out to be like some sort of relevant truth or some sort of wacky, weird thing that's come out. Uh, the Internet has allowed for so many different conspiracy theories. How often do you get it mixed up, man? When you start talking about the red pill and the Matrix, people come at you with like, Eight, uh, MK Ultra and all kinds of weird stuff coming at you. Does it does it ever happen, or or you tend to kind of bring it back and start talking about you know your your six phases? Yeah, all I talk about is our model for a centered life, man. All that other stuff. <laughs> and you know what's funny is like in the 1999 documentary, the people who put that together had none of these meanings that have been hijacked for. It's just to me it's a disgrace on something that was such a foundational transformational concept for people of our generation I, i'm not sure why anybody thought it was a good idea to do what they're doing with it but you know i, I think most things get bastardized at some point and this is one at of those point. and we're working hard to get it back you know oh absolutely absolutely hey man any last minute thoughts before we head out thank you for coming on the show today by the way and uh actually i think james said something here at the end he said your strategy is good for someone who can't stay focused on one thing for too long and needs a variety in their day uh i think he's talking about me specifically <laughs> Sorry, that tends to be me for sure but any last minute thoughts before we head out yeah just the, la the last thought the one I, I love to share with people is your dream should be real and so if you haven't heard that recently i just want to remind you of that there's somebody out there who is counting on you to to do the thing that you replace on this planet to do and if, if you don't do it for us I, I don't know what you're going to be stopping but i encourage you i implore you i beg you i plead with you to go out there and make your dreams a reality so that you don't hurt the planet from being what it's supposed to be absolutely you got one life to live you better might as well make it your own jerome thank you very much for coming on the show ladies and gents make sure you check out jerome's stuff his website scrolling across the bottom but in case you're listening to it it's jerome myers.co j-e-r-o-m-e-m-y-e-r-s.co.co all right ladies and gents jerome thank you very much for coming on the show we'll catch you guys on the next one peace and we're out it's over go home is your business in need of marketing? 
try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business bro.